hello and welcome to episode 180 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Off-Topic Podcast. I'm your host for today, Peter Treisenberg. Um, joining me today, we have an illustrious crew, including Alana Heggs. Hello everybody, this is your simple and clean editor here, ready to settle down into her sanctuary <laughs> and face her fears. <laughs> That, that that was good. I appreciate. Yeah, that. I to- I totally haven't been planning that all day. I promise. <laughs> no, no, I, I I approve of it. But we better not think twice and talk about our other staff member on staff. <laughs> Hi, this is Zach Wilkerson. Hi there. <laughs> is your is your is your icon from uh from Xenosaga or from Suikoden? Suikoden. Okay, it was a toss-up. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be um, Jin or not. But, uh... It's, shoot, yeah. okay. I haven't played... I haven't, I haven't played Suikoden. Can you tell? Um, what, what? No. It's on the list. I have, I mean, I have one and two on my Vita. I mean, I can point you towards two episodes if you want to listen to Suikoden 2. I think I might just have to do that. Oh, um, it's it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. But if, if we if we if we spend here talking about my backlog, we're going to be here a long time. <laughs> so we should probably talk about the actual subject, which, in case you hadn't figured out, was is Kingdom Hearts three, the long-awaited conclusion to the Dark Seeker saga of the Kingdom Hearts series, not the series as a whole, just this story arc of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's here. It's been a long time coming. Kingdom Hearts two came out in 2000, 2005, 2006. And this game came out in 2019, so I've been waiting for this a long time, you guys. A minute. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Not that there haven't been Kingdom Hearts games in the interim, and if you (laughs) haven't played all of them, you're going to be very confused. (laughs) (laughs) True. But um, that's what we're here to talk about today. We're going to talk about our likes, our dislikes. We're going to go through. uh, We have a long bullet point list of plot points we're going to hit up and talk about, and it's going to be fun. So... Um, the first item on our agenda, um, we're going to talk about, I'm going to ask each of you, for each of you, how much were you anticipating Kingdom Hearts 3? Um, I know that, uh, Zach, uh, you reviewed it for the site. I did. Uh, do you want to start us off? I mean, I, um, actually hadn't played Kingdom Hearts much until about a couple of years ago, and I got the, uh, remix discs, um, along with, like, 2.8, and I sort of spent my summer just sort of entrenched in Kingdom Hearts. Um, I had, like, gotten to, like, I don't know, Halloween Town, I think, in Kingdom Hearts 1, and then I fell off of it. Um, and then I became sort of obsessed with it a couple of years ago, and um, I, you know, leading up to it, I was, like, excited, and then in, like, the five or four days leading up to the actual release, I was super jacked. No, I hear you. <laughs> it's one. It's it's just, that that's those those remix discs are a pretty good way to get caught up. Yeah, sure. Um, and they're they're finally bringing the story so far collection to Europe. <laughs> I know. Finally, I got what I asked for. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. Now bring it to Xbox One, you cowards! <laughs> <laughs> All those people who are picking up Kingdom Hearts three on Xbox One and have never played my a cousin. Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. God, <laughs> never had so any. My, my, uh, I was telling this story before we got on to the podcast, but my cousin Tim was a big, big Final Fantasy fan. Kind of turned me, helped turn me onto the series. Um, when I was a kid, but he got played Kingdom Hearts three after um he hadn't played since kingdom hearts 2 and he got it on xbox one and i am just over and he was texting me the whole time being like i have questions (laughs) i have all the questions i might have answers but i'm sorry first of all 
Alana, um, how long were you waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3? Oh, so I'd pretty much played every major release right up until... Right when it came out. So I was a slow adopter to Kingdom Hearts. I did play the original when it came out, and I didn't really like it. I bounced off probably about the same place Zack did, or maybe just afterwards. But um, Kingdom Hearts 2 kickstarted my kind of love for the franchise, and... I have some love and hate moments, like there are only a couple of games I truly adore, but like the hype for Kingdom Hearts 3 really really built up and I ebbed and flowed between it, but then it got to like the week and I just thought, no, you know what, I've waited. Like Kingdom Hearts is one of these weird series that I kind of associate with various points in my life because Kingdom Hearts has been around since I was quite young and it's one. Of, it's literally one thing I followed from beginning to end, so I'm like, well I've done this now, I've got to see it right to the end and I'm pretty satisfied now i've got to the end and yeah i was super excited by um the middle of january i was really eating into it and feeding off of people's excitement and it was really nice being online that day it came out because the collective joy that kind of erupted from the (laughs) fandom was just like it's finally here and you know you know everything that's come afterwards is kind of just yeah it's to be expected but yeah (laughs) online discourse yeah Yeah. but yeah no i was super jazzed to play it and i'm really glad i have played it and beaten it now so yeah it feels weird it does feel yeah. kind of weird doesn't it like yeah. Yeah. i i kind of feel the same as i did when i when i first when i beat final fantasy 15 which um well again was another game that had this long development cycle and we were kind of waiting on it and when it finally came out um was super high on it and then i beat it and it was like huh that's over now and then you went to the internet and saw people like ruin it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we try to ignore those people because there's there's a line between like yeah I am I am critical of this thing that I enjoyed and I hate everything about this right. thing that Absolutely. was a disappointment. Blah 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 blah. Um. Uh, but uh, for Kingdom Hearts three for me it's yeah same pretty much the same deal. I've been playing the games um not since they first came out but pretty close to around the time Kingdom Hearts two came out. I kind of caught up on the series and was playing them birth by sleep uh three three five eight um dream drop distance came out when i was a freshman in college so i remember when that game came out. <laughs> yep. um, that was a while ago oh man yeah but it's so it's been a long time i've been you know gradually invested in these characters it's one of those franchises where i feel like we kind of grew up with the characters and so yeah. seeing a conclusion to that story in some form and kind of getting some long awaited resolution and closure. That's a really satisfying thing. And regardless of, and I think the game itself turned out to be really fun. I had an absolute blast playing it and kind of just, yeah, basking in that collective. Oh, Hey, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you mm. do this? Yeah, yeah. From all the fans. So. So nice. So yeah. I mean, I can't really think of a game that um like had like so many people talking about it at the same time in the same way, at least in like the RPG uh, realm, like maybe something like Red Dead Redemption two or something, but in the RPG realm, I felt like, everybody was doing it at once and it was super fun something communal about that mm-hmm. yeah there was a great um you know the, the meme of the uh the predator handshake um yeah. it was <laughs> evil fans and kingdom hearts fans bonding over their <laughs> new awesome game that's coming out and it's yes. like that's pretty good that's great that's wholesome i love it yeah but yeah so but it's it's here we played it we all beat it i think we all liked it yes um, oh yeah so let's get into some spoilers. Um, 
Kingdom Hearts 2.9. Oh, God, right. How how angry, how angry was everybody when that came up? How did that not get leaked? No, no. <laughs> I was just sitting through this cutscene, and then all of a sudden I was like, am I reading this right? And I was, and I was like, are you joking me? Like, are you kidding? But it makes sense in the context. Like, we start off basically where 0.2 and uh, Dream Drop Distance leave off, where... Sora's lost all his powers. Riku's now like the Keyblade Master on goes off on adventures with Mickey, and Sora's got to find all his magical power and go back to somewhere that he's been before. And obviously, first stop is Olympus. Um, oh my god! Like I've probably skipped over some stuff, but when you got to Olympus for the first time, my, even though you'd seen it in all the promotions, my jaw dropped. Like yeah, yeah, that is a really good opening world. Like mm. it takes like sorry, Zach. No, go ahead. I was saying it takes because it's just a world that it's been in a lot of the Kingdom Hearts games, and you know it's it was a bad it's usually a um, more the, a battle arena um, type area. And you don't really you got to explore a bit of the underworld in Kingdom Hearts too, but three's version of Olympus. Oh man, you get to like you you get to explore the city of Thebes. You get this whole Mount Olympus area to run up. You get to explore like where the the, the realm of the gods. It's like it, it is a massive gorgeous vertical vertically stacked world that's just so fun to explore yeah and i thought it was a great like tutorial world too because it wasn't um as open as like corona um so you weren't going to get lost in it but it had a- enough variation in like the types of things that you were doing that it allowed you to sort of uh play around with the different mechanics in ways that made sense so i thought it was a really effective opening world mm, yeah i think so too it does a good job of kind of breaking in um it kind of guides you along to where you need to go. Um, yeah. Introduces new mechanics that become relevant um, yeah. and kind of gives you a feel for what each world's going to be in for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like Sora starting again, so you're starting again, and you've got all these new abilities, so you better start learning them pretty quickly. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's really gorgeous. Like, the Realm of the Gods particularly stands out. I had no idea this was going to be in Olympus. I knew about the I knew about the mountain, and I knew about the town, but when you got up to the top of the mountain and you walked up through the gates, and I thought, no way are we doing this. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yes way are we doing this. I was so, so stoked about it. And oh, I didn't say this, actually. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 does not... Um, it doesn't stumble out the gates at all. It like goes straight in. Like I think it's this series is notorious for having really long tutorial sections and really... <laughs> long introductions or really slow introductions kingdom hearts 3 is straight in there 15 minutes of cutscene and you're in a world and you are doing stuff that you would be doing about an hour or two or three into any of the other games so yeah really really makes a strong first impression with olympus and uh yeah and i like i couldn't get enough of it and i thought oh my god is this what the whole game's gonna be about and the disney quality the disney world quality and i'm sure we'll reiterate this throughout is probably consistently the best in the series i would say like oh i don't yeah, there's no competition for me. Even after coming off of Kingdom Hearts 1 and where I hated nearly every world, Kingdom Hearts 3 is like the total opposite. Yeah. We, we have come a long way since uh, Deep Jungle and Wonderland. Mm. And Atlantica. Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll get on to swimming later. Now, this is the first Kingdom Hearts game I've played since the revelations that James Wood is a complete ass. So, like, yeah. yeah I had no love for that at all. Um, but. And his performance in this game seemed not as good, like like he was forcing it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe yelling on Twitter has sort of blown out his vocal cords a bit. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I 
maybe that would I'm be okay with dragging James Woods a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, the only thing I think that this is basically just to kind of set the scene for Sora and get him kickstarted and try and find his powers and things like that. Um, some this world kind of sets up this standard of like massive boss battles, and I think yes, yeah, the Rock Titan is the famous one that everyone's seen in all the trailers. It is as cool as it looks and as fun as it is to play, and this is. Other than a few battles, this is the first time you get to experience the uh, attraction system in the game. Yeah. Uh, the coolest attraction yeah. with the Titan boss. Um, that train is Yeah, cool. that was my favorite use of attractions in the whole game. I mean, I thought so that... Quick, so, so quick question. Do we like attractions? Uh, I, I mean, I use them. Um, I use them a lot because they're kind of busted in terms of, like, your inability to take damage when you're doing them. Right. But, like, they're slow, and they certainly slow combat down. And this is something that I... I talked about in my review. You really did them um but you know i don't know they were fun at first but after i like that ship went back and forth over and over and over again with the pirate ship attraction i was like okay i could yeah. i could do this i think they yeah my my thoughts on them is um because kingdom hearts 3 we should mention kingdom hearts 3 gives you a ton of options in combat a lot of which are returning from previous games you have uh, flow motion combat is back from from Dream Drop Distance, although it is heavily, heavily, heavily nerfed. Yeah. Thank Christ. I didn't use it at all in this game. Not I once, used, I don't think. Yeah, I used it with Arrow once or twice, and that's it. I think it's it it's it's the only place it's really fun to use is in uh San Francisco, but uh Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's and then um you have Link Summons, which are like again, they're a form of this this game's version of summons, which are fine. Yeah, um, this game has never really excelled at the summon thing. Like, twos were fun, and they at least had their purpose, but, like, threes, again, didn't really... Like, how do you how do you use Wreck-It Ralph? Is that, like, I a... Don't, like, I how... don't know. I've tried to figure out Wreck-It Ralph's. It's... Yeah, but, like, I didn't really use them. I just used them to get them in my guidebook, and was like, oh, that's good. And I know a couple of them are good for some of the flan challenges, Um, but otherwise, yeah, I didn't really touch mm-hmm. them or attractions. Which, I mean... It was the same with the Mushroom 13 from uh, KH2 Final Mix. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have, these things have one specific use, and it is getting stuff out of the minigames. Uh, and you also, Shot Locks are back. I like those. I, yeah. I, I really like Shot Locks. Yeah. I, they were my favorite thing from Birth by Sleep. <laughs> they do massive damage here, too. So, yeah, they're really useful. And I like how each of your Keyblades has its own unique, unique Shot Lock attack. Yeah, I like that, too. They have two as well, don't they? So if you don't complete the combo... Is it the same in Birth by Sleep? I can't quite remember. Um, um I, th- I, I don't, I, I don't quite remember either. But I think it's, I think in this one, it's more like you get a more powerful, damaging version of the attack if you're able to complete the combo. That's right. But yeah. if you, but if you don't, it plays. It does like a weaker version of it. That's still pretty damaging. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like I love shot locks, but I completely forgot about them for the first five <laughs> hours of the game because there's so much to do. There's form changes, like you said. You know, there's attractions, mm-hmm. and I was just using those because they were just a quick press of the button. Whereas shot locks, you have to like use, you know, hold down the R1 button and then aim. Uh, but then when I remembered they existed and started using them all the time, then I absolutely abused them and loved them still. So, yeah, for sure. And yeah, and then the Keyblades transforming, which is might be my favorite thing about this game, honestly. Yeah, me too. Amazing. It's because it means every Keyblade, as you in battle, it builds up a gauge, and then the Keyblade will transform into a new form. And it means that the, all the Keyblades, by and large, have a purpose, mm-hmm. and you can keep using them to adapt your play to, to as suits your play style. It's really fun. Yeah, I've got some favorites, definitely. Um, I'm also a big fan of the magic system in this game. Um for the first time ever, I think I've put a lot of focus and time into magic. So 
and it's not really that much different like you can still chain magic together but the nice thing about it is is like the keyblades they have a meter and the more you cast the spell consistently it will upgrade to the next level spell so once you've got the gar spells then you'll get like thundaja and stuff like that and you <laughs> absolutely wreck things with thundaja and Firaja and stuff it's so cool to see and it damages and affects the environment like you electrocute things and they yeah. spark and if you set things on fire they like the grass sets fire and things like that and when you do wataja like this massive bubble of water pops and everything's soaking wet and there's puddles and it's just it looks gorgeous it just yeah, is this so game satisfying is beautiful yeah it's stunning to look at it really is just square square you're doing fine with the unreal engine you can you can stop now <laughs> you're showing off Lum- luminous Lum- luminous just put it out to bed like it's done <laughs> please yeah um but yeah no olympus is really really cool and i think uh, it starts off gently with story like just easing you into what I think we've already said what you'll expect from the rest of the game. And um, there's no organization members. You do, however, get a shot of Maleficent and Pete towards the end digging for a box, which is a reoccurring theme in this game. Oh, what is in the box, though? Well, Unresolved reoccurring theme. DLC. We'll answer D- DLC or a future game. Yeah. <laughs> future game, probably. Two games. Yeah. Well, I, I think we'll find out in about six games, probably. I did. I did like the little Pandora's box gag. Um, when when uh, yeah, that goes, yeah. That that's a few times. It's just Pete and Maleficent are just well. Pete in particular is not bright, but no, he's not. Yeah. But it's nice to see them. Um, again though, um, they're a bit underutilized in the story. They just pop up occasionally and are like, oh yeah, I remember you, but they never really get involved. I think Sora bumps into them once, doesn't he? And. They're like, we're not going to get in your way. And Sora's like, oh, okay, fine. That's all right. Yep, and then they, they don't really, like, they'll pop up occasionally, but they don't really do anything relating to the story in this one. It's all kind of set up and teasing, which, I mean, fair. They, they've been clear from the beginning that this is not the end of the full story. It is just the end of the current story arc. And they have a lot more plot threads to tie up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not too put out by that, but it is just kind of, it is a little weird, like... Yeah, especially because oh. they fit it in the first world. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is this like a time traveling Maleficent from like Union Cross? I, I, I wasn't sure. um, so there's a whole other can of worms that I don't okay. really have the answer to because <laughs> the Union Cross storyline is not very accessible. Um, well, especially um, if you don't know Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, and like you can look up translations online that people have offered and. I still am not entirely sure how Ventus is 2,000 years old or how Maleficent can time travel or any of right. that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, okay, at least I'm not alone in being confused. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that, is one, that is one of the things that I, I am hoping there's going to be a better, a more accessible version of that plot line um, at some point in the future. Yeah, I think so. I think that would seem silly because we'll as we move along discussions i think we'll touch on it a few times union cross is extremely important to the story of kingdom hearts 3 the prequel games are extremely important to the plot of kingdom hearts 3 inaccessible content and mobile games are extremely important important to the plot of kingdom hearts 3 and that is kind of scary on top of like nine other games it's a bit much yeah yeah 
you better done your homework, kids. <laughs> really? Yeah, and we should be fair in like, yeah, you can try and jump into the game and try and make sense of things. And I think it's a perfectly accessible and fun game to play. But yeah, you, you if you haven't played probably, I would say most of the series, and you are going to be confused. So I think, it, yeah, it's a saga that's been set up to be experienced complete. But um, once once we get past, do, do, are we done with Olympus? Do we want to move on? Pretty much, I think. Um, yeah. Apart from the Titans, which is a semi-cool well, the boss. Fight is cool. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Uh, the tornado is frustrating, though. I have an issue with a lot of the boss fights in this game, but uh, yeah, just... the tornado one is a little frustrating. Yeah, because you have to like use the uh, the pinpoint, like the way, what is it? The the, the oh the the, the warp thing kind of thing. Yeah, it's like the half shot lock thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is it's which yeah, it's that was a little frustrating to figure out like what to do ultimately in that fight. But hey, they were big. I like big boss fights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Also, the 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 uh, the the, uh, the command that tells you what to do clash with the titans. I'm like, yes, mm, I like that. Yeah, a plus to whoever came up with that. Yeah, good translation. I, I dug it very much. So, but yeah. So once we get out of Olympus, um, we cut to a little scene, and all of a sudden we are playing as Riku, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, finally. Yes. Woo. My boy is all grown up. He's in the realm of darkness, and there is a giant tornado made of Heartless. Oh. And they are very, very proud of that giant tornado made of Heartless. Because they... it comes up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> why all of a sudden? Like, why all of a sudden are they important? We've been through nine games. Why haven't we seen this Tower of Shadows before? I mean, it was in um, it was in 0. 0.2. Yeah. So I guess they just thought it was cool, and now it's just a thing that happens when you're in the realm of darkness. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I actually thought that was like one of the harder fights too. Like I, I took way more damage in that fight than normal, and I had to like actually use items and healing spells, which is not common in this game. Mm. <laughs> or maybe I'm just bad at it. I don't know. But yeah, that was like the one time where I was like, "Hey, I'm like taking a lot of damage here." No, well, it, throws you for, it throws you for a loop because Riku has shortcuts assigned, but they're different than how I had my shortcuts assigned. So I kept yeah. Yeah. my items. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Riku plays slightly differently as well. Um, he's not as floaty as Sora, so. Yeah, I want to. I want to actually touch on that for a second. The floatiness is the combat has been a thing because um, uh, Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance both had that problem because it was um, they're developed by a different team, the Osaka team at mm-hmm. Square. Um, and it's been a kind of a sticking point from fans who are a big fan of how precise Kingdom Hearts 2's combat is. Although um, Kingdom Hearts 2 had the same criticisms at launch, you guys. It <laughs> yeah, it did. Over it. <laughs> Um, but what do we think? Is Kingdom Hearts? I think Kingdom Hearts Three is a step in the right direction in terms of how precise your control is. Um, I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I do. Um, having played Kingdom Hearts Two sort of recently, I thought I, I liked the combat a little bit better in Kingdom Hearts Two in terms of like a pure like skill based thing. Uh, but I think part of that too is like this game doesn't really require that you like learn all mm-hmm. the, how all the systems function together uh whereas like i think about like the data fights in the final mix for uh, kingdom hearts 2 and um i had to i had to really learn how to play that game at that point uh, yeah. because and i think i have like rose colored glasses when i think about it because like the main story of that game i don't really think that i struggled with that either um and i think that when i think about kingdom hearts 2 combat i think about like those super difficult um almost like dlc type fights now um which I still, right now doesn't really have yet right like, exactly mm-hmm. that will probably be coming yeah um so i don't know um i i think that i still prefer that and maybe birth by sleep a little bit more um in terms of just 
difficulty, but like this is just like over the top nonsensical fun, which I think is what Kingdom Hearts three or Kingdom Hearts is about, and I think that it executes that as well as a Kingdom Hearts game can. And it was just like a blast, even if it wasn't hard, it was a blast. Combat was. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, Kingdom Hearts two really, really does nail combat. Um, three initially when I started playing it, uh, Sora's running and walking really threw me for a loop because it, it, it threw me at first too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because there's kind of like it's almost like there's an eight axis thing when you first start, and then once yeah. you run straight long enough, Sora will start running faster, which is great, and then you get a bit more fluidity. But before that, you have really jaggy, angular like places you directions you can walk in and it felt really odd i got used to it after a while but those initial like couple of hours were like oh okay like this place this feels different this feels slightly different yeah it it stopped being a problem for me once again once like you said once you got used to it but when um when you're in the station of awakening to do the whole you know what do you accept what do you give up thing that is kind of a kingdom right. Hearts staple um yeah. that's when I try to move move slowly during those, but just because I'm trying to be like feel the atmosphere, I love that music. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but then that's when I was really noticing. Oh yeah, Sora can't really quick turn it like on a dime when you're moving slowly. It does look kind of janky. But when he picks up, he kind of picks up speed like um, almost like uh, God, I, like like in Okami, like you know how in yeah. Okami, like, yeah, when you start running and all of a sudden then there'll be the little puff in the trail of flowers will appear behind you. Yeah. Like uh, that's what it reminded me of. It's like a Mario Kart slipstream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sora, Sora runs fast enough that he creates a little jet stream behind him. <laughs> <laughs> We're now left with a situation where Riku, um, Riku's keyblade is broken by in the in the fight with uh, the Heartless Tornado, and um, he and Mickey decide to retreat. Um, um, they'll and to pick up their search for Aqua and the other keyblade wielders once they have better gear. Um, we cut to a little scene of Axel and Kyrie training um, um, to become Keyblade wielders, and I like that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they give them yeah, Axel some really endearing moments in this game, and he's a fan favorite anyway. Um, they do set Kyrie up a little bit, and I'm sure again we'll come to Kyrie uh, because oh, we'll one of my big complaints hasn't been addressed. One of my wants that, so, is, yeah. that is that is my major sticking point. Yeah, um, but it was but... a really sweet scene. It is a sweet scene. Quentin Flynn's such a good actor, like, and he really sells the emotion of that character. Like, oh my God, he does um, not sound like he's aged. What the hell's no, going? He on? I can still I hear he's... Raiden from Metal Gear Solid Two. I'm like, I think, what? I think Quentin Flynn might have found the Patrick Stewart secret to immortality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. But um, just the way he like when he looks at Kyrie and uh, suddenly sees Shion, like and he just starts crying uncontrollably like and he doesn't know why like that scene is really that that hit me hard that because i love keon as a character so i was like oh Uh it's gonna be okay buddy you're gonna find her uh oh and sora gets a cell phone ladies and gentlemen (laughs) right with the best ringtone ever and 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 of course sora doesn't know what a cell phone is because his game came out in 2002 (laughs) (laughs) my favorite out of context thing in this game is just sora getting his phone out and like like what the 17th century caribbean and taking selfies and then jack sparrow's just like what are you doing it's like what <laughs> yeah, none of the heart like the characters from stuff like tangled and stuff they don't know what it is so they're just like what mm-hmm. <laughs> selfie mode is one of the best features in this game and i was not expecting it to play as big a role as it does but with all the the lucky emblems the hidden little things you have to track down mm, it was really fun i had so much fun picking them up 
took way too many selfies uh, mm-hmm. with all the Disney characters, because why not? Um, but the Lucky Emblem stuff, I thought, um, could seem like a chore, um, but most of the time it was just, like, exciting to find it. Except I will say that Goofy told me over and over again he was going to help me find the next <laughs> Lucky Emblem, and he lied every time. Um, Goofy, you are not helping me. <laughs> yes. I, Donald was helpful when he called out the ingredients every oh. 30 seconds. Uh, but... Uh, this looks Goofy like a good fat <laughs> ingredients. I love him so much. It's so endearing. He's so endearing. My other favorite thing he said, he, him saying Elizabeth in the Caribbean is just so adorable because there's so many, like, I don't know, sounds and phonics that I can't hear Donald Duck saying. And he just really stumbles through that. He's just so cute. Yeah. He's so angry yeah. all the time. And he, he, he totally he, like digs on Sora so many times. Like their bromance is like all time high. Oh, it is. They are. They. He is savage in this game, but right. like in an endearing kind of way. Like they are just ribbing each other. You really get a feel for Sora, Donald, and Goofy's friendship in this one. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, really good. Oh, and e- um, Zexian is back, or Enzo. I guess that's his real name. Um, <laughs> yeah. he uh, he's hanging out at Radiant Garden, um, doing sciencey stuff for the good guys now, and uh, he he uh will chime in um periodically in between worlds to give you more plot details um we don't we don't actually go to radiant garden in this game which was a, i mean a little bit of a shame but yeah i'm hoping that might be part of some extra content you know or maybe For sure any final fantasy references i don't know yeah actually we <laughs> yeah. get the only final fantasy reference before the start of olympus where we see a statue of cloud and Orin. Which is you a have the Moogles and you have the constellations that look like Final Fantasy stuff, but that's really minor stuff. Like, yeah, it's disappointing, but I think this series is potentially bigger than Final Fantasy worldwide now. Like this, everyone know maybe not that, but like as itself, like you don't need the Final Fantasy brand on it anymore. I don't think Kingdom Hearts is no. its own brand. Much as I love the Final Fantasy element of Kingdom Hearts, and I um would totally be down for like I, I was I was really kind of open for for Noctis and company to show up in this mm-hmm. game, like, as a boss yeah. fight or as, like, NPCs. Because um, that'd be funny, you know? That'd be cute. But yeah. uh, but I, I think they said in an interview, like, the Kingdom Hearts cast is huge at this point. Yeah. And, yeah. and they have enough of these anime-type characters to kind of fill their do their own thing that, yeah, the Final Fantasy guys don't have as much of a purpose anymore, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad, but... I understand it yeah i get it but like sephiroth come on. i know sephiroth, right yeah, i wanted i wanted to fight sephiroth one more time that'd be yeah, cool come on. yeah um my friend and i um in college this is a side tangent but we had a we had a running gag that there was going to be a joke fight where you start a boss fight with sephiroth but lightning shows up midway through and just murders him nice. and then you fight lightning <laughs> and she's unkillable <laughs> fine i'll do it yeah i, I would have been down for that absolutely but once all that's out of the way, we go back to Twilight Town, um, which is kind of our central hub area, I guess. If we're gonna, uh, if we're gonna, if we're gonna have one, if that's the world you kind of go back to to do mini games, buy stuff, uh, run around and find stuff, um, and you get to meet Hainer, Pence, Olette. <laughs> I still again. do that. Yeah, I love that. Olette is adorable, and I will protect her with my life. I what? want her. I want her trousers. <laughs> <laughs> They actually, they're actually really fun in this game. They don't, they, they actually get a little bit of, a little bit of main plot involvement. I was surprised. Yeah. I like the way they want to find out who Roxas is. I think that's a neat touch after everything that yeah. happened. But yeah. Um, yeah. Twilight Town's a hub town, but also a bit more of a diversion now because it just, 
it's much smaller than it was in two. There is only the central town area with the trams and the underground sewers, which are in three five eight, and the old forest and the mansion. So a little disappointing, right. but it was nice to go. I think it looked gorgeous. Like it was really yeah. And the town is way more fleshed out now. Mm, yeah, there's people. There's NPCs. There are NPCs in a Kingdom Hearts game. Everybody, be very afraid. Yeah. <laughs> this is also. I mean, yeah. me- uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, um, there's this is also the bit where you uh, learn to cook because yes. you get little chef Remy. Remy. Why is Remy? Um, but yeah, um, I I love that mini game and I don't want to blab about it too much, but I like cooking and I like mini games and this is it's, both. It's a, yeah, it's adorable. I I love being able to being able to find ingredients and like make funny things with Remy. Although some of those mini games are hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, egg the egg cracking. I, I never got the egg cracking down. Yeah, that it's one. really awkward. that one. <laughs> but otherwise, it was like one of my favorite mini games because it was like simple enough to just like be like a fun diversion, um, but also just totally adorable. Yeah. Plus, you can zap back there from the main menu, so it's very accessible. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, one thing, I, I, this is jumping ahead a little bit because you don't unlock this until later. But while we're on the subject of Twilight Town, I do want to mention Hundred Acre Wood is back in Kingdom Hearts Three, and this is one of my major gripes with the game. Hundred Acre Wood sucks in this. Yeah, I think it might. <laughs> Hundred Acre Wood straight up sucks. I think it might have the best mini game it's ever had, though. Like the Buster Move type thing was actually quite yeah, was fun. fun. But yeah, but like it's, it's more of a diversion than it ever has been. I love the cell shaded style it adopts, but also where is Eeyore? Where Weird. is Eeyore? I guess they forgot to notice him. Oh no! I don't don't, do, don't put that voice <laughs> on. <laughs> I love hearing Jim Cummings' poo again. Um, I mean, that got me through the Christopher Robin movie again with with, with Ian McGregor. It's like that that sells it as that is pure. Yeah. Um, it just felt unfinished. I mean, like, I, like, is it there for? I mean, like, I maybe they'll do DLC stuff with it, maybe. But yeah, I mean, like, the mini game was fun, but like, I, like you had said, Peter, like in Slack before we did it, like that it was it felt unfinished, and then I I didn't believe you until I did it, and I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? Room? Like, how much money did you spend on this half an hour long thing? Hundred Acre Wood is one room with a couple with one mini game that you clear the entire world in twenty minutes. Like it's it's kind of disappointing, and because you don't collect pages anymore to unlock more of it, which was kind of a component of Kingdom Hearts one and two. Mm. Yeah. Grant granted, I think Hundred Acre Wood wasn't kind of an optional thing that some players may have skipped when they were first playing these games. But if you're going to include it, you might as well go all in with it, you know? Pretty much, yeah. I actually yeah. thought it was mandatory this time around. It's not. Um, but the game, like, sells it to you as if it is. And I would always do the first section of 100 Acre Wood anyway the first time I get uh, access to it. And this time to mm-hmm. do it and then finish it, I was like, oh, okay. Right next. That's it, yeah. <laughs> hey. yeah, it's a shame. I, I, I can't help but wonder if this has something to do with... um uh them trying to sell the game in china now that video games are a thing because i don't know this is a thing chinese china's uh uh president or whatever has kind of a thing about people comparing him to winnie the pooh to the point that they had to censor out pooh's appearance in the chinese version of kingdom hearts 3 what yeah no this is a thing winnie the pooh is blurred out of focus um in the chinese version of kingdom hearts 3 really bizarre and i don't know i i have i have no bait no facts or anything to back up why 100 acre wood turned out the way it did but i gotta wonder yeah but moving on to things that are good yeah toy box yeah yes oh my god i was so worried about the toy story world because i all the trailers had sold it like a big shopping mall 
no, I'm wrong. It's so good. It's this perfect. My oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's so my favorite world. Yeah, I think it might be one of my, if not my favorite world, one of the easily one of the best worlds in the entire series. Barnum. So I, I mean, love- jumping into toy robots and shooting stuff. I mean, like I didn't think that would work, like the FPS elements. It was it was just like super fun. I love how yeah. there's like four different robots as well. So you've got one that's like long range, and you've got one that punches. Like the one of the special moves is like charging into people. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. Um, but I do love how toy box is. Uh, we're introduced to toy box is probably one of the most important things. Oh my god, did anybody scream at the beginning of Toy Box for Verum Rex? <laughs> yeah. What? Namura Namura has some hang ups about the Versus thirteen project. Doesn't I think. he though? Doesn't because he though? Apparently he claimed that he does not, but I don't mm, believe him. I feel yeah, like Verum Rex it plays this whole anime cutscene that looks like the early trailers for thirteen, complete with a Stella and a Noctis stand in. Right. And a dude with Arden's hat. Yeah. But it's and... so good. I love it because it's like self-referential to the beginning of Toy Story 2 as well, where um, Rex is playing um, Zerg. The video um, game as well. The video game. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And, and, and hearing, Wall- hearing Wallace Shawn like freaking out when he meets Sora because he can't beat that Bahamut boss. It's really hard. <laughs> I'm like, and then oh he has to God, find a guide it. later. Oh my gosh, that was everything. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Um, Toy Box's inclusion is incredible and I love how I love seeing Andy's room. I love hearing you got a friend in me, even though it makes me cry every time. Jim Jim Hanks is doing a good impression of his brother. Oh, um, he's really good, actually. I was quite impressed with him. I heard people were complaining about it. I'm like, you know they're related, right? Yeah, it's not a bad job. Like, Tom Hanks is a lot of money. I think we've got to just be happy and get on with it. They, they, got a, they, got, they had to shell out for Ruger Howard or voice master Zaymar. like that's the voice actor budget right there this is my favorite voice acting thing in this game i love it he's not very good but i love it no he is he is unfortunately no leonard nimoy and that's a shame um because Zaynart was a very compelling character largely because of nimoy's performance i thought mm-hmm. but alas we can't always have nice things um, oh, young Zaynort pops up again. Yeah, back. I was just about to say, um, this world... So I hope kind of you're paying attention to, to Dream Drop Distance and it's time travel bullshit. Because uh... it's back! <laughs> yeah, God, I God. can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was kind of... I like the way that he's aware of the um, of Verum Rex and there's a whole section where Sora is actually transported within Verum Rex and you have to do all those fights with the robots, which is really, really cool. That's towards the end. It's a fun mini game. So but fun. my standout moment in Toy Box is when young Xehanort takes Buzz away and he's going on about something in front of the whole party with Buzz captured and um, Woody walks up to him and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't care. And I'm just like, yeah, this is this is Kingdom Hearts, guys. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts in a nutshell. I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> not having your JRPG villain monologues, sir. <laughs> but there's just so many little fun gimmicks in Toy Box. You've got like the playpen area. You've got the section in the toy store where you've got all the Dissidia figures. You've got all that of these cute. robots. You've got everything, and just it was the just... helium. The helium. Oh my gosh, was... I forgot about the helium. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on at first. I was like, "Why is it like this?" Oh, okay. And I just kept doing it after that. So, right. Yeah. It was. Just, it's just a joy. 
Yeah, they just like threw everything into this world, like every possible mechanic. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like and I was hoping that every world after this would be exactly like this. It wasn't. Um, but still, the box on its own. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there. The <laughs> well, so the, the trend, the translation from the fans for Verum Rex is um, the reigning king or the true king. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Little on the nose there, but it, but if you run it into Google Translate, it's butt king. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it, whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, Noctis does have a good butt, I think. Noctis has a very good butt, so does Gladia. Mm. Oh, yeah, talking about Gladio's butt, it's probably about time to move on to Corona, which um, is another wonderful Disney World. Yeah, yes. this, this one's a bit more on the nose, it does follow the plot of Tangled for it to a T, but um without the music uh but it was still so delightful again an excellent opening where you have to guide rapunzel around uh, the forest oh, so cute she is cute and unfortunately they, they weren't able to get mandy Moore back which uh uh yeah unfortunate because she was Aerith. but um uh the, the person who's doing the stand-in is doing a good job and uh Z- zach zachary what's his name zachary, zachary levi levi oh. Flynn is the character's name, Peter. What are you doing? Um, most of the cast comes back, um, which yeah, is pretty cool. It is oh. good. Yeah, it's a real, again, a lot of fun. Um, I just, this was probably one of the visually the most beautiful worlds, I think. It just oh, it's really so nice. pretty. It looks almost T for T, the film. It's spot on. Yes. And it felt like the most like JRPG world to me too, because just like how open the areas are, and I feel like I probably missed the most chests there, but it's like it was it was just fun yeah. to explore, walk around. Yeah. Trying to find the lucky emblems in Corona was like giving me a headache. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much to look at. Yeah, like, and you have like this medieval like this whole town area to run around in and do stuff in. Yeah. Oh, the dancing! We haven't talked about the dancing. The dancing medieval was kind of fun, although yeah, I, I don't it, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. It was fun. It was really cute. It was just dumb fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is when our um, we also get to meet another organization member. Uh, Marluxia shows up in uh, Corona, <laughs> and uh, and a new and a new enemy, nobody enemy type. Uh, the yeah, which I thought that was cool. I'm glad I, we got new nobody enemies. Uh, me too. Yeah, Marluxia is one of my favorite org members because he's fabulous. But um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I really like seeing him. I did think it was really funny though that because of the events of Chain of Memories, obviously Sora has no idea who Marluxia is. Um, so we've got this villain he's just like who are you and he's like oh yeah you don't remember me well i'm not gonna tell you anything I was but, like, but i remember you very well yeah <laughs> i feel like how you can just snap his fingers and put sora to sleep and for some reason they never do that again but whatever <laughs> like you think that'd be useful during the keyblade war like marluxia can just be like okay sora sleep now <laughs> this is when things get really really interesting because um he says that um he wants sora to not get involved with anything um because he wants rapunzel kind of protected so he's leaving mother gothel to save her basically um so you get this idea that they're also after the um seven lights uh, or the seven new hearts i think they call them um which is obviously a reference to the Seven Princes of the Light, but also at the beginning of the game, you have this setup where the 13 darknesses versus the seven lights, and now you're thinking, well, what's so going on? Yeah, it's like they're, it's like, it's like, it's like Kazanor is big on like having backup plans. So he's like, well, if, if you, if you fuck up, because you're Sora and that's cool. Um, Has it uh, been nine games of backup plans now? <laughs> pretty much. He has plans within plans within plans within plans. It, it, it makes sense that they have an Inception reference at the end of the game. <laughs> wow, yeah. 
Um, but and it's like, well, we can just use one of these these pure lights instead for our Keyblade War. So you're not really necessary, but you know, just don't screw this up for us, okay? <laughs> it's it's a fun excuse to go to Corona nonetheless. So yeah, yeah. The Disney, the Disney, the way the main plot implements into the Disney worlds has always been kind of flimsy in Kingdom Hearts. I think they do a better job with it here than in most of the games. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Apart from the last scene, I would say, I felt really strange watching the end of Tangled or the last, like, the final climax and then watching Mother Gothel fall out the window and then have her turn into a heartless. I thought that was a bit bizarre. And it happens again in another Disney world where the entire plot is retold. Um... But like, yeah, you're just like watching out the window and then because the tower's so tall, Sora can't actually see what's going on. So he just sees Mother Gothel come out and turn into a Heartless. So... Mm, to be fair, those, those Heartless fights are pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that one's not too bad, actually. Yeah. But yeah, moving on from Kingdom of Corona, um, we have Monstropolis, the Monsters, Inc. world. Yeah. Um, what do we think about this one, guys? Boo. That's all. <laughs> just getting to see Boo, Boo, Boo. Boo. <laughs> again over and over again was like the most adorable thing. I, I thought that the world was a little bit uh, corridory, um, but I don't care because I love the worlds and it's one of my favorite Pixar movies. So it, it was delightful. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 that's one. Of, that's probably is my favorite Pixar movie. More I think about it, I love seeing Mike and Sully. I like seeing their interactions with Boo. I thought that, that this one, in terms of just having the characters interact with each other, was probably yeah. the most fun I had. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd agree. I also love Sora's monster form. It's adorable. Oh, they're so good. I like the way that both the Pixar worlds get a transformation um, design. It's really nice. Yeah, it's it's really neat. I had something I always I always loved about this series, and I'm glad they get to do more of it. Um, did you notice that Sora changes color too whenever you enter combat? He does. No. Yeah, his outfit changes that. for um, form, so they do it with his uh, fur, don't they, in Monstropolis? Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. So I did. Um, I, this is jumping way ahead, but I got the ultimate weapon um, and uh, and entered the final the final transformation for that. And his fur turns white, and it's super cool looking. Slick. That's fun. Slick. Yeah, yeah. Ult- Ultima Monster Sora A plus. <laughs> um, um, I like the setup for Monstropolis. Actually, I would agree it's a bit corridory, but actually, I had a big smile on my face the whole time just because Mike, Sully, and Boo were adorable throughout and. It just felt like a really nice recreation of the film, but a sequel kind of. Um, but now that Monstropolis, um, Sully's in charge of the uh, factory and they no longer scare kids, they make them laugh. So it's a really nice reversal. Um, one thing I was disappointed was Randall coming back with no explanation at all. Like, Yeah, he's just kind of there. He's exactly. Just... Yep. In, in terms of like voice actors, Randall's voice might be one of the worst, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's no Steve Buscemi. <laughs> it's, no, it's no Steve Buscemi at all. Um, but yeah, like, because Randall's one of those villains who makes your skin crawl, and he just doesn't do it. He just doesn't nail anything for me. Uh, but this is the world where we should probably point out that we get some Birth by Sleep references. Uh, we get some Unversed, which I was really yeah, surprised about. Yeah. You're fighting the unversed in this world again, and and, it, and they have this great little scene where Sora re- realizes that they're not; they have a different emblem, and these aren't the same enemies he's used to. Yeah. Um, and then okay, Donald so... and Goofy are like, "Oh wait, yeah, we remember these guys." And I'm like, "Oh right, you were in Birth by Sleep." Were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it was really really cool. Um. And also, you get towards the end, uh, Vanitas, everyone's favorite, uh, Haley Joel Osment, uh, anti Haley Joel Osment, anyway. Evil, it's evil. It, it, Haley Joel Osment has a double role in this game, and uh, uh, once again, and uh, his his version of his Vanitas in this is a. Uh, is it weird that he? I thought he sounded a little different at first. Like he yeah. sounds a little more nasally. Yeah, but, he's older. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Haley Joel is, is still playing teenagers at, at age 30. So, <laughs> I mean, that's what voice actors do, isn't it? Um, but the one thing to pull away from Monstropolis is I do like, actually, it's worth pointing out, I do like towards the end where like the factory's on fire on the outside and you get to dive down the factory into another building and things like that. I do think the outside sections are really cool. I think the There's boss. The boss is frustrating and also a little bit bleh because it's just a blob. Like you've got a unversed. Like why are you just running with that? But um, Vanita said this section tells you because Sora is also looking for the Guardians of Light and he's trying to save Roxas or yeah Roxas or Vanitas or somebody. And then Vanitas tells him Ventus. not Vanitas Ventus. Ah, uh, and um, yeah. So Vanitas tells Sora that he has another heart inside him. So he's his brother. He has Ventus inside him. So that's another thing that you get dropped in very slowly. And yeah, I really just... like that. I really like that scene in general because you're getting like, it's cool seeing Vanitas back again. But it's cool also how it ties in and kind of explains some of the plot of Earth by Sleep to Sora. Yes. Um, and it ends on what is quite possibly the funniest scene in the entire game. <laughs> Vanitas is delivering his like dramatic villain monologue, and it's looking like he's getting ready to like stab Sora in the heart with his keyblade and then Sully just appears behind him, <laughs> grabs him, yeets so him into a door, um, yeets that door into another door, pu- takes that door and throws it into another door and then shreds the door. That's great. <laughs> it is so funny. And he still comes back. Yep. Anyway. I was actually half expecting Vanitas to just teleport back in and then have a boss fight, but whatever. I'm glad they, I'm, I'm kind of glad they just went with it. Yeah. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned on the back of the gummy them gummy phone because this reminded me um i do love the loading cutscenes in this game that they're all basically instagram posts it makes oh, yeah. me laugh so oh, much so and my favorite one is the one at the end of monstropolis where it's sora looking at vanitas and he's just like who is this person and then one of the like hashtags is awkward time to find out because it's the bit where he finds out about Aventus being <laughs> inside him there's also i just find so many of these really funny like zexians are um all um, his one of his is like Zexion Six, former organization member, or something like that. And I'm just, like, I'm here for this. Like, this is quality hey, content. Hey, Axel, why are you still wearing the uniform of the maniacal death cult we rescued? Right, from? It's comfy. It's comfy. Yeah. I feel like everybody just keeps it on forever. It's a fashion statement at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this a good point to talk about the gummy ship? Oh yeah, let's do yeah. that because the friendship section in this game is kind of awesome. Yeah, I was really yeah. surprised. I, I think they finally got it right. I mean, okay, I liked the shmup sections from Kingdom Hearts 2 and when you enter a gummy ship fight, it is kind of like that. Although um, a little more horizontal and less uh, less uh, when it's less like you're going through a shmup section and more like a like a, like a space invaders. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I still ran into like way too many rocks and could not figure out the controls for the most part, and I don't, I just use like the same gummy ship the whole time. I'm not even sure how you get blueprints in this, but you buy them from Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, um, figured it out towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> they're in Twilight Town, um, okay. um, and there are special hidden ones you can find if by doing um objectives in the gummy ship uh sections. <laughs> my uh, my favorite is how like you can have like um someone posted that they made like an they basically recreated the um the bistro remy's bistro but in gummy <laughs> form amazing that's so <laughs> that's good and it's got two little like ice creams as the uh as the mini ships Aww. it was fun yeah i mean 
the thing I love about these is that I don't, like I say, I don't mind actually the Kingdom Hearts 2 ones because they're fast. I think my issue with Kingdom Hearts 1's gummy ship is that it's so slow. But yeah. King, this is open world. Like, you can fly in any direction. You can go where you want. You don't have to fight anything. Just the occasional boss. It's just... Mm-hmm. And there are actually loads of optional bosses, including yeah. one that's a really cool reference to um, Ein Hander. Yeah. Um, it's actually one of the secret bosses in Kingdom Hearts 2, in Kingdom Hearts 3. Blah, blah, blah. The, the gummy ship is the best it's ever been. And I almost Very like, well. I almost, I spent like probably at least an hour between worlds every time just flying around. It was so much fun. I did too. It's also the best way to farm for Keyblade uh, upgrade materials too, because you shoot asteroids, you get uh, items for it. That's right. Yeah. Um, one thing I do say though is you can farm money there really easily. I didn't spend yeah. a lot. I did not spend a lot of money in this game. Like I don't think I bought a single potion through the entire playthrough. Um, I did, but only because that's the only way to get one of the oracalcum you need for the ultimate weapon. <laughs> uh, there you go then. Well, I'll be doing that then. <laughs> and it's a and it's a random drop from the uh, postcard, so you're going to be reloading oh. your save. Oh, okay. Good luck with that. It's <laughs> it's a little tedious. There's, there, I think there's actually is a faster way to do it, but whatever. I was lazy. Gummy sh- gummy ships aside, uh, do you want to move on to the next Disney World? Let's go for it. Why don't you just is let it, it to, uh, just let it go, Peter? I just I I can't let it go. I can't let it go. Arendelle sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely okay. the weakest world. I would say. I don't think it's bad per se i think it looks pretty i think the enemies are cool i really like the boss at the end actually best boss Um, in the game i think personally other than all the uh all the end gauntlet but it but the pacing of this world is so weird and you want to talk about disney worlds that just are repeating the uh the plot of their movies but with the occasional weird diversion uh (laughs) you have to watch let it go in its entirety (laughs) it's like it's yeah, <laughs> I don't mind the song actually. I kind of love it, but it's I loved a good it about song. five thousand listens ago. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the issue is is like they're just capitalizing on the success of Frozen. But you've got to bear in mind as well, someone's got to play through ten hours of a game before they get to this section. So like, I don't know why it's the whole thing. Um, and it just kind of defeats the object. And then there's like Sora and Zod and Goofy getting blasted by blizzards. Just like, is that? Is that Elsa's voice? It's like this is just so bizarre. This is the most meta this series has ever been, and yeah. And like the, the song ends, and Sora's like, "I don't know what I just saw, but wow!" And I'm like, "Oh my god, game!" Uh, yeah. Um, oh, Lark scene is back too. Everyone's favorite step on me queen. Mm. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, mean you, to say that out loud. You just um, exposed yourself there. Something like that. No, 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 this is a family-friendly show, Peter. Mm. Uh, Lark, Lark, Larkstein is um, probably my least favorite organization member in the, of all of them. But um, she's back for some I, reason. I think she's pretty cool in this, actually. I think... She actually does something in this. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she also gets a unique nobody, which is really, really cool. Um, she builds an entire yeah, an ice palace out of magnetism and electricity, which... I don't think that's how science works, but okay. I think that was meant to be Elsa's castle and they weren't allowed to do it, but I don't have anything to back that up. Yeah. It, I, thought it, I thought it was a cool section that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I, I did really it, like it. 
Yeah, that's my favorite area there. But yeah, I, I, it actually gets to like sort of the, to me like the the whole plot of the movie is sort of like told like in very small bits, and you don't really experience it. Like you're like seven steps away from it all the time. And to me, that was the thing that made like the story thing not really work here. But I think it's gorgeous. It's just a shame yeah. because you have Frozen, which is partially set in a town and up a mountain, but you never go to the town. And you know, um, if Corona can do it, then why can't Arendelle do it? And it's pretty disappointing that you have to climb up the same mountain three times, albeit different ways, but it's just like you have a rich source material that is extremely popular with the Disney fan base and they don't really capitalize on it, I don't think. No, I agree. It's it like you said, it's probably the weakest world in the game. Um, that isn't a uh, hundred acre wood. Yeah. Um, we also have two princes of light here, because why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that makes sense. They are both main Disney princesses. Exactly, they are. Um I do, however, enjoy um the return of the reindeer. I do love him. Yes. Sven. Sven. Yeah, yep. Sven is good a good boy. Sven is good boy. Uh, Max Max in a corona is better though. Because he actually yeah. wanks his tail and is really cute and punches Flynn. Mar- Marshmallow joining the party I didn't see coming. I thought he was a cool boss. It was an okay boss fight. Um, but as a party member, I was like, huh. Yeah. Why is it for the party member? I know, right? Elsa's like almost a template RPG party member, isn't she? It's almost expected. Right, yeah. But um, yeah, Marshmallow does so much damage. It's ridiculous. But he also takes so much damage because he's just a target. Like you're gonna go yeah, for him, right. aren't you? Yeah. But the, but that fight with the giant wolf thing, where he has to like push up the bear, it it was very yeah. Nordic. Like it reminded me of like the full Fenrir thing. It was super cool. It was really cool. That was definitely the that is definitely the best heartless boss fight I think in the game. It was yeah. really. It was actually the only one I found a little bit challenging. Like you took some yeah, genuine damage. I mean, I didn't die, but because I was no. playing on standard on standard, which is. <laughs> Standard difficulty in Kingdom Hearts 3 is definitely a little too low. Um, mm. It was definitely the part of the fight I had the hardest time with. Air- okay, so any final thoughts on Arendelle before we move on to the best world in the game? <laughs> I'm ready Don't to move on. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Caribbean. Yes. Caribbean. Mm. <laughs> oh my god, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. I was really disappointed when this was announced at E3. I watched it and I was like, are you kidding? I don't want to come back to um, Caribbean. Uh, but then they showed pirate ships and I just completely forgot about everything else. And uh, the Caribbean is ridiculous. It is literally a game in itself. It's so yeah, it's like good. You have, you have a whole mini open world ocean to explore with all these hidden little islands and stuff to find. The ship combat's actually really cool. Um it's just, it is insane how much content they put into this. You have to explore basically all of Port Royal, including the fort. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's massive. I love it. You get to fight Davy Jones, which is, this is this has been my pipe dream for, if they ever did Pirates again in Kingdom Hearts, I've wanted them to do that for the longest time. <laughs> well, it, was, it fits, doesn't it? Because this is where the box thing comes up again. Um, because right. Davy Jones' heart is in a chest, and Davy Jones is heartless. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> it writes itself. And I love how um, I do love how when they open um, dead, the dead man's chest, um, Vexen and Luke sort are like they look at the actual heart, like a beating organ heart. And they're like, ew, that's what we were looking for. That's not a heart. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, my God, <laughs> not all white like Kingdom Hearts. No, um, 
The, I love the art style for the Caribbean as well because one of my bugbears with Kingdom Hearts 2 was you had this like really semi-realistic art style coupled with Sora, Donald, and Goofy in full anime Disney cartoony style but here you yeah, have a full realistic style Sora, Donald and Goofy complete with furry butt feathers on Donald um, <laughs> important and yeah it was just perfect it's, it, it, it looks great plus underwater combat gets introduced in this part and man we have come so far from Atlantis yeah. so good it's so good like ranged attacks without moving you go towards the enemy if you need to like I mean, yeah, 17 years is a long time, but you've nailed it, and someone's actually done it right. Those areas are really fun to explore as well, and um, just, like, I picked up more treasure chests than I thought I would here. I was really worried I'd come away with, like, 10 rather than, like, 30. Um, But, yeah, like, I just loved exploring the underwater areas, um, figuring out all the mechanics. I love how magic functions underwater as well. You can't use your forms or anything under there, which is fine. Um, You don't really need to because you never really get overwhelmed uh but yeah um it's i don't know i just totally fell in love with the caribbean i spent so long on the ships not... i did too like i was i was in that world probably the longest out of all of them Definitely. oh yeah yeah i mean like i was trying to finish it for review and i was like nope i'm gonna go play the ships for a little while <laughs> yeah i wish i do wish they'd done a little bit more of the pirates music because um yeah. dead man's chest dead man's chest and at world's end both have one of hans zimmer's some of hans zimmer's best music and they don't really play with any of them, or the, even the main pirates theme isn't present. Like they don't, they never do the that really iconic track, which kind of sucks because Kingdom Hearts two did it. Yeah, but, but the, uh, the MIDI MIDI horns. It sounds good. It, uh, yeah, no, it was awful on PS two. It sounds great on in the remix version though. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah. they kind of didn't do enough with the story for me either. Like that's my only little thing, and I think maybe a reoccurring thing with um this game is the. Disney worlds probably feel more connect- disconnected from the overall plot than they ever yeah. have done. Um, I don't mind that because they're so fun to explore. But oh. this in particular, this has got some of the more outside, most outside involvement out of any of the worlds, I would yeah. say. Um, but they don't really do anything with Davy Jones. Like, There's not really like a whole, oh my god, you don't have a heart thing? Why does Davy Jones not have a heart? Why is he not a heartless? There's no like big conundrum about that and then there's not like a discussion between anybody. No. They yeah. kind of like, other than like Vex, Vexen and uh, Vexen being like kind of curious about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's really the only time it comes up. The only um, I like I like um, uh, Luke Sword, Luck Sword. I'm gonna call him Luck Sword because it's that's Lu- why is it Luke Sword? Like who decided that? Who actually made that? Just because it's Lushu. Like why does every L U have to sound like Lu? Doesn't? Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. I didn't. But he's still one of my favorite my favorite org members, and he um mm, he is yeah. great in this. <laughs> yeah, he's really really good actually. I love the um, voice actor's name. I can't remember. Robert Atkin Downs. Um, yeah, he has a good voice yeah, accent. Yeah. Hell yeah! Did you guys mind collecting all the crabs? That's the real question. <laughs> no, I didn't have any I got trouble. So many crabs. Yeah, <laughs> all the crabs. Hmm, contact. I mean, it was like a good reason to explore that like port area too. Otherwise, I don't think you would have had like a necessarily a reason to make yourself do it. So like, I've seen people complaining about it. Like it's like, oh, you just have to go collect things. But I thought it actually worked in this world as opposed to maybe another one we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really have any problems with it. I think I managed to get all of them in maybe two two and a half hours at least. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I just, I just adored the world. So maybe I'm making excuses, but it was just fun. I, I, you know, you get them through various ways. You get them in uh, barrels. You get them underwater. You get them from ship fights. You get them as part of that quest that you have to do at the beginning 
it, it, there's loads and there's an infinite amount as well so it's not like you're ever going to run out and yeah I, I maxed out i maxed out the ship like pretty quickly honestly yeah, me too yeah although some of those yeah even with the maxed out ship one of those ship fights like there's a boss one that like appears randomly that thing is tough yeah that is oh yeah i ran <laughs> <laughs> me too first time yeah, I, I was like there's a cut scene for this which means it's dangerous i'm going the other way their Jack Sparrow impersonator is better in this one. He's so good. It's the same voice actor. Is it? Yeah. Wow. He, wow. he picked up the slack. Yeah, he's really good. He's literally played Jack Sparrow in every video game Jack Sparrow's ever been in. So. Oh, I see. Okay. But he's really, really, really good. Like they also got the they also got the guy who played Gibbs to do the voice for Gibbs. So that was cool. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, this was just a really fun world for. Probably my least, maybe right down there with Arundel is my least, like the world I was least looking forward to. It completely blew me away and is probably my favorite world in the game, or at least tied with Toy Box. So <laughs> good on you. I was in love with it. Speaking of worlds that we were looking forward to, or I was looking forward to at least. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Can we talk about San Francisco? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Big Hero 6 writes itself. I love it. Yeah. The setup for this world is perfect because um we were talking earlier about um Kingdom Hearts and its uh propensity for mixing the Disney worlds um with the main plot. This one does it so perfectly; it feels like such a natural fit. I was honestly kind of shocked. Yeah, yeah it does feel like the best integrated of them. Um, but it well, was... the whole the original Baymax from the end of the first movie becomes a heartless, and like that is so good. Yeah, I think there's like an emotional resonance to the way they tell the story here that works way better um, because of that in like its own sequel kind of way. Definitely the best to me. The story yeah. was the best integrated here. It felt like an honest to God continuation just with yeah. random anime people around, which aren't honestly that out of place in Big Hero 6, which is right. very Japanese inspired. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a comic book, isn't it, at the end of the day? So yeah. it's a part of Marvel's property. Um, so, yeah. Or partially. See, we got, Mar we got Marvel and Kingdom Hearts after all, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Baymax is so cute, though. I have so much time. Big Hero 6 is one of my favorite recent Disney films because, I don't know, I have an older brother, so it's one of those things that really just clicked yeah. with me and I was just like, oh my god, I hate him, but if anything happened to him, I'd be so sad. Um, But, yeah, I just, I really, really gelled with this. I love all of Big Hero 6. Again, they got the, this and Frozen are the only ones they got most of the voice cast back. The only person that didn't get back was the guy who does Wasabi. Um, it's a different voice actor, but to be honest, you can't really tell. He's so good. Um, but, oh, and, um, Hero as well. Hero is a different voice actor. But, yeah, I just, again, I feel like I'm just saying the same things over and over with these Disney worlds, but I love them. Um, the actual setting for San Francisco, I thought maybe was a bit empty. That's the only bugbear I have a little bit with it. It's it's a very it's a very big empty city sandbox to jump around in and hide lucky emblems in. Mm. <laughs> that totally worked for me. Just like that ability to like run up buildings. It felt very like um, Mario Odyssey. Um, yeah, New Kong City to me. Oh, it's fun to run around in for yeah. sure. I, I just had a blast just messing around in that world personally. Yeah, me too. Eventually, yeah. yeah. But there's not quite as much to do as like the carib compared to the Caribbean and how oh, yeah. wash that build. It's yeah. still a cool area, and I actually like how we mentioned this earlier. This is like the only area that basically requires you to use flow motion, um, at least for the mini game. Um, you really want to use that to zip around fast, and there are plenty of opportunities to do so. Yeah, that's right. Um, you actually get integration like more. 
detail on what uh, the organization or the i guess we should refer to them properly as the real organization 13 as we have failed to do so throughout um good grief um but you get um you get your final or one of the last members of this organization which is another version of riku why is there two rikus running around the first time this came out i had to roll my eyes i was like are you kidding like we're gonna do this you know you know what though i actually kind of liked it (laughs) you're allowed to like it of course you did peter (laughs) i know i know i'm an easy mark but no (laughs) if we're gonna accept that all the other xehanorts can come back because time travel and they're like oh yeah well riku was possessed by 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 a form of xehanort at one point so i guess he technically counts and i'm like okay sure fine whatever <laughs> no you're fine you're allowed to like plus it i, I did... got to see plus i got to see a uh, soul eater riku's a uh, little sword from kingdom hearts one again so i'm like oh, that's cute yeah that was cool yeah no you're allowed and, to like and... it it's fine it is pretty neat to see it was just a kind of like oh my god like are you kidding we're gonna do this now we're gonna do like alternate versions is... of alternate versions coming back like seriously it is, it is peak kingdom hearts i am not denying that <laughs> it is the nanobots being like possessed by heartless or at least being a part of heartless was really cool because it again gave hero that emotional connection because he was like no this is something i've already tried to fix and it's now not working again so so um that being said i think we're done with all the disney worlds so are we ready to get into the uh the absolute mind screw that is this game's climax <laughs> we're gonna have to try and keep this redacted but yeah we got some meat to yeah. get through here <laughs> all right all right so so okay so namuro you have nine games of story worth to tie up in this and you also wanted to make the disney worlds as fun and gorgeous and lush and fun to play and as they are which they did so now we have to tie up all the remaining loose ends at a completely mad cap rate. Yeah. Um, the pacing of this version has been the subject of much debate. I personally mostly think it works, or at least I, I mean, I kind of wish some of these moments were given more time to breathe, but I get it. And I'm like, I, I'm not really that put out by it. Um, what did you guys think about like the deluge of plot points? <laughs> I, I mean, it was, it was a little bit much for me by the end, but it built up a lot of goodwill by the aqua getting rescued from the realm of darkness moment which was like my favorite kingdom hearts moment yeah, like, yeah right uh, it was delightful and, and the ventus fight was great or the vent or the venetus fight was great and all the stuff with ventus um i, I thought it all um it, it it pays off what i think is the best story um in kingdom hearts birth by sleep in a really mm-hmm. good way and give me aqua as a protagonist please i will play that for a full game always forever please yeah, more aqua. yeah I... oh, so, uh, sorry um i was just gonna mirror really um but yeah, so we didn't mention that Aqua gets turned, uh, she de- gets defeated in the darkness. So she's in the dark realm. Um, and at one point she gets uh, taken over. She gets norted people. Um, but Aqua got norted. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to fight her in a quite cool boss fight, actually. I kind of enjoyed that. Um, she's so mm-hmm. cool. Um, and you get to rescue her. She's on Destiny Islands. Yeah, Aqua is the true MVP in this series. Uh, she is nerfed in this game, though. I am really upset about how much she was put on the sidelines at times. Like, she's like weak. Not weak necessarily, but there are too many times where she's like, I'm going to prove myself. And then she doesn't. And then it's like, Sora just turns up after being a bit of a bumbling idiot for the entire game and just being like, oh, I'm going to do everything. It's like, mm, yeah, okay, a bit harsh. I liked how, um, I do, I mean, I don't mind it so much in terms of the the, the scene where you actually play as her, um, mm-hmm. which is one of the coolest moments in the game. Yep, I yeah, I love that's that. That's my favorite boss fight, yes. When Vin- yep, Vin- you, she, she, you save her, she rebuilds the land of departure, goes to, goes to, to wake Ventus up, 
Vanitas shows up to cause trouble as Vanitas is wont to do. Um, and she's just like, no, I've had enough of your crap. And all of a sudden you're playing as Aqua and it's one of the, it's, it's really cool. She does get um, her moment there. Definitely. I loved yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, she does, and she does like get like uh, in the cutscene afterwards, she does technically like lose the fight, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, she does. She loses because she tries to protect Ven, and that's very in character for Aqua because she's kind of the team yeah, mom. She like, is, yeah, totally. So I'm not again. I'm not too put out. I, I like. Um, she also gets her ass beat by a uh, Ansem Seeker of Darkness comes by to pick up Ansem the Wise. Um, <laughs> and Aqua, I guess Aqua's Keyblade got broken while she was trapped in the realm of darkness. I feel like that happened off screen because I don't remember it happening. But I guess that's why she doesn't have one. But she one v ones Terra the the Guardian, yeah. which later turns out to be Terra. Yeah, um, with Eriquus's Keyblade as well. Yeah, and it's it's pretty sick. It's a pretty powerful moment. Yeah, she they the um, Wayfinder trio and then Resolution. Um, is probably one of my favorite moments in the game just because i'm so attached birth by sleep is my favorite game in the series so yeah it just brings a really really nice conclusion to it um also can i just like confirm because i find this really funny the power of waking is asleep in sora right because this just yes, this I just think. tickles me like to wake <laughs> we went on this whole journey to get the power of waking and as it turns out i mean you were already able to do this you just had to kind of not suck <laughs> <laughs> that moment with Ventus though rescuing him and waking him up is really cool and actually re the reveal of Castle Oblivion turning into uh, the land of departure and the music the music playing it's just so nostalgic and I just I I loved it I loved walking through the land of departure again it felt really sad because obviously everything after Birth by Sleep um, and Eriquist being dead and things like that dead I should say in inverted commas um, yeah that yeah. doesn't exist in Kingdom Hearts we'll talk about that later mm -hmm. yeah but it was just a really poignant moment and I really loved that bit and we keep rolling after that really um, so we have all seven Seekers of Light or nine if you want to count uh, Donald and Goofy because they want to be included I agree they're part they're, they're here in spirit yeah. um, oh, we, hang on one thing I do want to complain not so much complain about but uh Vexen and Demix betray the organization. They rejoin the organization, but betray it because Vexen wants to atone. And I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't I get the don't chance. Buy it or I was I was waiting for the backstab and it never happened. So I yeah. guess he was sincere. Yeah, I, I don't trust Vexen at all. Any reason to trust to trust Evan. <laughs> Even the way they were playing it, it seemed like they were gonna flip it at some point. Like I I, I thought the whole thing was very strange, yes. Yeah. yeah. I guess he's I guess he's legit. And and if you read the reports, no, he is legit. Like the when you when you do the battle gates in the post game, you get secret reports. Okay, yeah. That, yeah fill in some plot plot details and some of them are from evan and yeah he he's sincere okay sure why not <laughs> fine yeah it's nice to see i like demix a lot more than maybe a few people do uh <laughs> we Demix don't is, is cute I yeah love i love him i just love the way he's like oh, i'm chicken i'm rubbish at everything you know what i'm just warming people's benches and things like that he's genuinely quite annoyed though that he's benched this time but at the same time he doesn't really want to be xehanort's vessel because um Really, um, the purpose of the real Organization 13 is that they're 13 vessels for the real Xehanort. So, Master Xehanort, we should say. Um, but, yeah, he's not really mm -hmm. confused to that. Um, we also don't know Luke Sword and Demix's real name. So, my friend has announced that it's Dr. Lou and MD Yi. <laughs> <laughs> MD Yi is my favorite. 
Oh man. Yeah. We're probably going to find out cuz they, they they did drop some hints about him. We already know that uh Marluxia um is Lorium from Union Cross and um Lark scene is in that game as well and they have a missing sister. She's Elrena, um, isn't she? Or something Elrena, like that. Yeah. yeah. And um there's a character named Strelexia who is um Oh my god. Connected to them. So th- this is all going to hopefully be resolved in a future game. They, um, we get some more scenes involving them, but um, none of this does get resolved in this game. Yeah, um, which to probably say as well, like, um, organization members 9, 10, 11, and 12, um, they're not the same as the rest of the organization, apart from 8. Um, Axel is uh, brought in for a specific purpose. Uh, but the rest of, like, they've all, you all know everybody else is nobodies within previous games, but these four in particular... They're brought in for a specific purpose. Um, at the time, I actually thought they were going to be something to do with something to do with the secret ending. Uh, obviously, they're not because of uh, Larkseen and Marluxia's involvement in Union Cross and things. But yeah, we're going to find out about that. And I think Namora's already hinted at that in an interview, hasn't he? What? Um... Yep, yeah, he's making plans for whatever the next game's going to be. So yeah, so we we'll shall see. We shall see. But with all that being said. We have our seven Guardians of Light, and they're going off to fight the 13th Darknesses at the Keyblade Graveyard, which is going to be the site of the second Keyblade War. I really like going back to the Keyblade Graveyard. Chills, yeah. Yeah. Just the music in that area is so cool. And them doing the the Thousand Heartless battle again, but this time with Nobodies and Unversed is really sick. Mm -hmm. And I just, that whole, the, the final section is just, it's basically just one epic co- confrontation after another. Yeah, it was really neat. I loved the beginning of um, going to the Keyblade Graveyard. I like the way it doesn't get introduced either straight away, so you've got like this air of mystery for all the characters who've never been there before. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's really cool, and it looks incredible. Like It's so desolate and so... I don't know, it's just so barren, and it was just so cool going back there and that, I think it's ten thousand heartless this time. It's referred to. I don't think it's got a specific name. Um, but yeah. it's a whole lot of heartless. It's a whole lot of heartless. It's guys. A lot of heartless. And then you get to nuke them from orbit in a tra- in the Disney train. Yeah, you get to do that again. Yes, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that boss Correct. was really fun, and uh, we see Kyrie get into some action now. Finally, after the entire game, but this is kind of all she gets, apart from like one path of boss fight. So. Yeah, it's yeah, unfortunate. It's unfortunate because because if you watch them, them the the uh, Axel and Kyrie during the boss fight where they're helping you, they have very fleshed out animations and move sets. Mm. They just don't actually get a major story thing. I mean, Axel gets some story closure, but he, they neither of them get a moment. Yeah, they just really. kind of have this training. Um, maybe we'll find out more later on, but um, they just they they spend the rest whole of the game somewhere locked away training to be Keyblade Masters. Um. So it's interesting. I do like the way Axel holds his keyblade though, because it's exactly the same way he holds his chakram. So it is cool, and yeah. and, and and um he even when he even um his keyblade even transforms back into the chakrams for a ranged attack. Yeah, it's ooh, so cool. I didn't notice that. That's fun. It, it, there is so much so much detail in their animations in their animations, dude. Like it's it's hard to tell because you're so wrapped up in the chaos of the fight. Yeah, but man, they really went all out with um, making sure that they were at the very least the NPC models are animated very well. Yeah, they do. Um, this is yeah. also Keyblade Graveyard is kind of where everything starts to tie up, and we get even more Union Cross bleeding in to the plot and back chain back cover, whatever it's called. 
Yeah. Okay. So before before we go into that, I want to I want to I want to ask everybody a question real quick. What is your favorite Keyblade out of the bunch? For me, it's probably the one you get in Toy Box, um, just because I love all the, um, uh, the 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 form change with the hammer, um, and I generally tend towards like uh, Keyblades or in, in any RPG to stuff that like sort sort of focuses on melee. And I had like been using it and upgraded it so much by the time I got like anything that might have surpassed it that I just kind of stuck with it. Um, but I thought it was fun to use. I was a big fan of Crystal Snow, the one from uh, Arendelle. Um, mostly just for its design, I thought it yes. had yeah, a my... version of Elsa's Palace in Keyblade form was cool. Yeah, I like that one. Um, Captain Obvious over here um, really, really likes... Uh... Oh god, what's it called? Why has my brain forgotten what it's called? Oh god. Um, yeah, yeah, I like Wheel the Keyblade. Wheel of, fate. Wheel of Fate. Wheel of Fate, thank you very much. Um, yeah, Sorry. so yeah, Captain Obvious likes the pirate Keyblade. Uh, but I love it <laughs> because... It looks really cool, and also it's crap. <laughs> we've also referred to it. The uh, form transformation is a reference, a Final Fantasy reference. It's a reference to uh, any of the high wind uh, spear wielders in the Final Fantasy series, um, mm. and all of the moves related to it are all jump related moves. And I am here for that all day. <laughs> Spears and pirates, two of my favorite things ever, and they're together. It's favorite mm. things in RPGs. I should just point out, like. I don't like real pirates, and I don't <laughs> like spears. They're sharp. Yeah, I also really like... We've all seen your collection, don't worry. Oh, God. <laughs> when, did you, when did you get a flight over? Get a spear, spear, a spear, and spear, 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 spear. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out as well to Ever After, which is the uh, Corona Keyblade from Tangle, the, the Tangle Keyblade. Uh, holy oh hell, God, if you after. upgrade that... You are, like, if you get the full Thundaja spell, you basically take off three health bars off a boss. It is the scariest thing ever, but it's so fun. Oh my god, Ever After is Sora's wisdom form on crack. It is insane. Yeah, I love the transformation for that one as well. And the Happy Gear is cool, which is the Monstropolis one with the yo-yos. I will. I mean, if you take the effort to get it, the ultimate weapon is probably the most overpowered it's ever been. It, the trans, the shot lock is essentially a field nuke. Just the final attack combo for its thing is just it's raining swords, people. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I really want to get um, it. It looks really cool. Okay, so Sora dies. <laughs> yep. After after the um Ephraimer stuff. Ephema? No, no, Ephema. no, this is before. This is oh, before. God. Yeah, I get really confused at this bit. Because um, the Ephraimer stuff's actually what saves it's a little weird. Back, right? Ephema, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, Sora so dies. They... Everyone dies. <laughs> Everyone dies because they, 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 they run into Terra Xanor, um, who is the last member of the organization. He roundly defeats them, and all of a sudden, a giant tornado of Heartless sucks everyone up, and they lose the Keyblade War. This or bit, did they? This bit weirds me out. <laughs> Like, why? I, oh, I thought it was cool. It is cool, but why? I, I do like the final world, actually. It looks really gorgeous, and I do... Yeah, I kind of like picking up all the extra Sora's. Um, but this is where I think the plot started to get away from me a little bit, even though I've done a lot yeah. of research. The character you meet in the final world is also from Union X, right? Yeah, yeah. Cherithy is, uh, okay. is a dream eater. Is a dream eater um, right. Who um, helps out the Keyblade Wielders. And I guess now... The final world is basically the way it's described is this is the Kingdom Hearts afterlife. Like it is if your heart and your body are destroyed and you're dead. Um, I love how they have, someone has to explain to Sora what death is. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, 
Um, but if you run around there, you can talk to these little wisps that are the hearts of people. They have some interesting things to say, including two of them, one of which is Naminé. Um, right, Naminé's yeah. heart has now exited Kyrie's body because Kyrie did. Um, and and she actually, if you, you can miss this easily, but she does actually refer to something. She sets up Tara coming back, basically. Okay, yeah. And then there's a mysterious voice that teases some future plot developments. People are theorizing it's um, Strelexia. Right. um, We don't know for sure yet. (laughs) Yeah, I did talk to a couple of them. It was quite cool. I I did not enjoy collecting all the Soras. I mean, the the controls there were wonky, and I was like, "What?" And like, you're spinning it, and I'm like, "Why? Why do I have to collect so many of these?" Yeah, this was where I don't know what the point of it was. Yeah, this was where the floatiness really showed up for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a little hard to navigate that area for sure. Um, and it all ends up being kind of. I, I mean, I'm curious if it's mainly just to set up future events, or like they just wanted to incorporate this area. But once you, because once once you get out of it, they basically reset time to right before. Mm-hmm. Um, they all got sucked into the heartless tornado. Only now, lingering Will shows up and fights off Terrazzo. Yeah. Oh. I have been waiting for this moment since Birth by Sleep, and it is as epic as I wanted it to be. It's so cool! What the hell <laughs> yeah. are those Keyblade transformations? They're so cool, aren't they? It's, he does all the stuff from the boss fight, like his yeah. Keyblade is into a giant oh cannon. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah, no, yeah I, got, I got a little PTSD from. Yes. It's really hard. So hard. It oh my really gosh. Hard. Yeah, I loved it. That was really cool. And then um and then from there it's just the gauntlet of boss fights. Like um Yen Sid shows up and parts the Red Sea of Heartless. Oh my god. <laughs> Yen Sid hiding all that power. I mean, who didn't doubt that he was powerful, but yeah. I mean, I mean, are we going to talk about how Yen Sid gets more of a moment than Kyrie does? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Or how literally yeah. everyone gets more of a moment than Kyrie? Yeah. Yeah. Donald, Donald Duck and his Zeta flare get more attention. Oh than my Kyrie. god! Like, what the hell, Donald? <laughs> Donald Duck dies from overcasting a spell. Like, what? I just, I just like Goofy, like doing like Donald, don't. <laughs> like, I, I love that element. Yes. Yeah. Good telemo. Donald, you spent all these years not healing me. You were holding out on me. <laughs> but um, you end up having this cool fight against that the giant Heartless Tornado, and it does that bit where um, if Framer, who's a character from Union Cross, shows up, and all, all of a sudden, you're all the key the keys from the Keyblade Graveyard like activate all at once. Yeah, this is super and, cool. And you're riding this wave of Keyblades, and it's showing all the names of the people who I think there was an in-game event or something in Union Cross, and it's showing all their usernames. Right. And it's like, and it's like you're yeah, I know it's 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 kind of an out there moment, but it's also at the yeah. same time it's really cool fan service. Well, that's yeah. like, like that's like the end of a a certain other game by Square Enix where if yeah, you near Automata. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, this yes. is a spoiler cast, but yeah, why not? It's two years old now. Near Automata has a game of the year edition out. There's no excuse. True. <laughs> yeah, I did think that it was something like that. Uh, I thought it was really cool actually because. You know, these are all the dead keyboard wielders from however long ago a Union Cross back cover key, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. was. So, yeah, and I do like surfboarding on keyblades is, you know, <laughs> I like surfboarding on anything in video games, and this is just another thing I could do it on. It was a cool moment, but it's actually the only time I died in the whole game. <laughs> you take so oh, much damage, yeah. yeah. I died. <laughs> I was surprised I took so much damage. You didn't mash triangle fast enough. Yeah, apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. 
didn't Kingdom Hearts 2 teach you? You press triangle and you win. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do kind of miss reversal and those um action commands for yeah. nobodies. Yeah. Like, I almost automatically did it when I came across my first dusk and I was like, oh, I can't do it anymore. And then when I first fought the... um. Oh god, I don't know what Molusia's um nobodies are called, but um the I tr- Reapers. Yeah, the Reapers, that's right. And uh yeah, it felt weird because they have like a gimmick where they're invincible for a while, and so did the Dragoons, which are Zoldans, and I was like expecting something to come up for that and it didn't. But yeah, tangent aside. Uh yeah. Yeah, one wonder. Like, maybe because they they have so much other stuff that's mapped to triangle, it's like Yeah, of course, yeah. It's not needed either, like we've already discussed. There's so much this game offers and it's not difficult, so yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, move it from but from there though, it's just this gauntlet of bosses against characters new and old and just resolving all these plot threads. These are um, so epic. I do have a bit of a problem with how they're paced though. It- My issue with this section is I love them. They're really cool boss fights and I love all these moments you get with all the characters. But these boss fights consist of usually two or three enemies at once. Uh they are introduced with a cutscene. And then if you kill one of them, you get a cutscene with that person, and then you continue the boss fight with the other one, and then you get another cutscene with the other character that you've beaten, disconnected from the two, and it's just boss cutscene, boss cutscene, boss cutscene, boss cutscene, probably for an hour, an hour and a half maybe. Um, The pacing is not good, and I think one of the things that was missing for me in particular was... You don't fight any of these organization members before this in the entire game, ever, apart from Vinditas. So you've got this like massive gauntlet of bosses, great. And yes, you know, Luke's has had set up, Xemnas has had set up in previous games, but you've had no confrontation with any of them directly before this within Kingdom Hearts 3. And it just feels like, I don't know, there's something missing. There's some cool character moments, which I'm sure we'll touch on, um, but... Yeah, the pacing's all over the place for me. It could have been spread out throughout the whole game, personally. I sort of like this picture of them all just like talking to each other and saying like, okay, we need we need to give her a moment. All right, let's stop. Okay, now let's go again. All right, let's go again. Um, yeah, I mean, like in the fights, uh, it, you know, it, I feel like the organization fights are like the highlights uh, of some of the earlier games and they're, uh, it, they, they lose out on some of what I think makes them special by sort of having to water down how difficult they are by giving you like three at a time. I, I agree. I agree with both of those points. Um, it's it, it's just jarring because like and like like there's one like you fight Terra and Terra Xehanort and Vanitas at once, and I beat Terra Xehanort and did that cutscene, and then it was, and he only had like half a bar of health left, so the fight was over in ten seconds. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It, it's something. I know Namura said that they're gonna they want to either add something or tweak the ending a little bit in a future okay. add-on. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's fine. But it could have been better. Yeah. I mean, my other issue, too, is, like, all the moments seemed kind of similar because they happen in such quick succession. Like, it's hard to distinguish, like, someone saying, like, basically, I messed up. I was wrong. You're right, Sora. Um, yeah. Go, go save the world, like, ten times in a row. And, and at a certain point, like, I'm like, I, I can't. Honestly, having even having this conversation, I can remember, like, one or two of those moments and not many others because they all just sort of get eaten by each other. Yeah, yeah, they don't work for certain characters as well. Like, Vanitas does not need a, sen- a sad send off. No, he doesn't. No. Like, it kind of does with Molusia and Larkseen because they begin to remember their old selves from Union Cross. Um, it's referred to in what they say. Um, 
but like Loxine as well doesn't want to be Xehanort's vessel and it's just like why did you join then like why were you there and I think I it's think because it's just of Marluxia drawn, I think it's, yeah I think it's just because yeah she's drawn to Marluxia for yeah. reasons um, but yeah the various moments were pretty spotty uh, the only ones that really stand out are Terra Xehanort uh, because obviously you get Terra back after that fight um, yes uh, which oh is my god oh, oh yeah my- Pause. Yes. <laughs> the Guardian was Terra all along. I know. It makes sense, though. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I was really There's surprised. There's even a scene in Birth by Sleep where um, Terra Xehanort puts the Keyblade to his heart, and that's when the uh, the oh, Guardian yeah. first appeared. Yeah. This has been a fan theory for ages. Yeah, it does make perfect sense, and it was so satisfying. And I thought when, <laughs> when it started building up, I was like, it's real, isn't it? And yeah, Terra popped out. And he just starts beating the crap out of him, and then... And what got me, this is this is one of the two scenes of this whole bit that really got me, is the resolution to the Wayfinder's story and the resolution to the Day's trio story. Yeah. Because, yeah. But but just hearing the, the Guardian tries to speak, and all of a sudden you just start saying the, the last words that Tara had in Birth by Sleep, I will set this right. Yeah. I will set this right. I will set this right. Mm-hmm. Like, that got me so hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a great moment. Yeah, I was so happy for them. And then the days scene too, that fight, the whole bit where like you're fighting um Saix and Shion. Um Shion is I guess was their backup for the thirteenth vessel. Yeah. Um, um and she's back now and Axel and, and doesn't recognize her and until her hood falls off and and then and then Roxas just zaps over to them in this like giant cloud of light and it is just the coolest moment. There's this mm-hmm. super triumphant version of other promise playing. And then Roxas and Shion join your party, and the thing—the fight was over in thirty seconds for me because I was kind of over—I was kind of over leveled from all that Caribbean exploring. Yeah, um, too. But also, the allies are really overpowered as well. Like you've got three keyblade blade wielders, like who are basically expert keyblade wielders because they both yeah, come Yeah, Sykes didn't have a chance. No, right. <laughs> So disappointing, but yeah. And, as someone and, who doesn't really like days as well, it was probably one of the strongest moments for me, which really surprised me. I I I I, I really like Days' story. The game is hit yes. miss for me, but I mean, I love those characters and just the way like the way that scene plays out. Because again, I mentioned this earlier. Quentin Flynn is a really good actor, mm-hmm. and the way the fight resolves and. Shion starts crying, and Roxas goes to comfort her, and Axel kind of tries to crack wise, like, oh, haha, I should have brought some ice cream with me, and you just hear his voice crack, and then he runs oh, and embraces them. Yeah. yeah. I, I lost it, you guys. I'm not even, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I was too. I was legit crying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then we get one final fight with uh, Mickey and Riku with the three Zemma Sayonauts people and that fight was also really cool um the music is like a mix of all three of the final battle themes and it's super cool and epic sounding yeah it's really Um, really good although it does once again it also suffers from the uh, cutscenes interrupting the fight because um i wanted to hear that whole song and i had to actively like avoid attacking them so i could listen to the dang music (laughs) just around the battlefield yeah exactly um prior to that Prior to that fight, though, a few fights back, uh, Kyrie gets kidnapped again. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Ky- Kyrie kidnapping count. Ding. Yep. Done. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Kyrie, uh, everybody wanted Kyrie to get her moment in Kingdom Hearts three, and she doesn't really get it. Well, no, she gets her moment. Her moment is she gets murdered by Xehanort oh, to motivate yeah. Sora, yes. which is the lamest thing they could have ever come up with. I think so too. I was really 
disappointed with that. I was just like, oh, come on, guys. Is that really the best you got? And they and, and, and like Kyrie is a sweet character. I like her design. I like their relationship she has with Sora. I like that they finally shared the bloody Paupu fruit. Yeah, right. But after uh, all that buildup, it's really lame that that's the best they could do with her. But this game yeah. then finally like uses time travel in a cool way. So I guess we can yeah. forgive everything. Yeah, so we, is it time to talk about Scala ad Kylum? It's fine to talk about the I end. So. The end, yeah. Oh my god! Yes, this game, this place looks amazing. Scala it, is so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up in this city that's like a ruined version of Daybreak Town, kind of. Um, and it's like apparently the place where like the Keyblade wielders were all from, where where Zaynor and Ericus used to live when they were kids. Um. And it's where the final confrontation with Xehanort takes place. And it is just a super beautiful area. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it looked amazing. I was hoping there would be like a little more of a dungeon here because we didn't really get that at the end. But, but uh, in terms of the way it looked and in terms of sort of the sequence of the boss fight, I thought it was very cool. I was a little bit let down. I think Kingdom Hearts has got some really good final bosses. Um I don't think this was up there with the Zemnus at Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, I think the emotional payoff was kind of there beforehand, and I think we'd already had those really good character moments, and it felt really epic at times. Like, with, I think the first, the second phase in particular, where Xehanort had all the armor on, was really cool, where he kept flipping Scarlet Ad Kylum around, and you were on the underwater side, which is the damage room in Brink, uh, Daybreak Town. But um, yeah. it was too easy, and it was too a little bit too long at times, and it just didn't i don't know the gravitas was just missing I, yeah i don't know whether i'm expecting too much from it but i, I just didn't really well, yeah i don't think i don't think i don't think you expected too much from it this this series has had some pretty amazing final boss fights and the the final fight with Zemnis in Kingdom Hearts 2 Darkness of the Unknown is one of the best pieces of battle music of all time uh-huh. and yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 doesn't really have its own battle, final boss battle theme it has a very good remix of Distati mixed in with Rage Awakened yeah it's not a bad song, but it's also a song that we associate with Lingering Will, right. and I'm not sure why they used it here. Is it because Sora's pissed off? Is it because <laughs> we're fighting Xehanort? Is it because Xehanort has Keyblade armor? Yeah. I don't know. It's a shame. I do like. I think the Stadi is an appropriate song for the final boss fight. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. It is the series' main theme. Um and I also liked the final fight with what the one v one with Xehanort when he has the key the the, the X blade the Keyblade and uh, in Birth by Sleep when they didn't have because they didn't really differentiate the X in X Keyblade as much as they do in more recent games I, I would read it as X Blade and I'm like what does it mean why is this saying Key and not X is there a translation issue is the text not right <laughs> no it's the Keyblade it's a symbol and it it's still makes me laugh to this day yeah it still makes me laugh. It's it's weird. It is very a very strange decision. I do like the fake game over though, and how uh, yeah. you land the final blow. That is very fitting as a end to this journey. It was that was fun. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Not not a terrible final boss fight, but it is definitely no uh, no final zemness for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I was just like it was just the cutscene boss, cutscene boss, cutscene boss thing. Like I, I I just needed like I needed a dungeon there. I think. I think that would have helped me a lot actually and i know why they didn't do it because there's already talked six hours here for the end game but uh, it was just at that point it was like oh my gosh okay one more character they have to get resolved in like a two-hour period of time and i think that was yeah. part of the issue for me yeah it is, it is a it is a very cluttered and hectic end game um 
and I, I get it, but at the same time, I would have liked, yeah, I would have liked to explore Scala a little bit more because it is a very, it's such a unique place. And I think they did intend to, there was some early gameplay footage um, from way back, way back, like before they switched engines back. Maybe that has something to do with it. And I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, But maybe we should mention that this is like, obviously at the end of the game and that Xehanort gets a redemption scene and i'm not comfortable with it at all i'm not here for it no no i don't understand why he gets it okay so like eriquus has been hiding inside terror for the entirety of the time because why not you know he's not dead like nobody else i love eriquus he's awesome i like that mark hamill came back yeah exactly me too in the game yes yep easily um but yeah like xehanort didn't he like at why at what point does he get remorse? I don't understand where he goes from like wanting to destroy and fix the world to oh okay, you won, you're good. It's like I, I, there was no transition. Like no. he just went hundred to zero in like a flat second, and I was just. I do, I do think that the, what they were going for is that he's some kind of well-intentioned extremist that went off the deep end, like because they do show him and Ericus as friends, and they had always yeah. hinted at a, a falling out. Yeah, no, exactly. I get that, but like, not at any point in the other games has he given any other sympathetic moment. No, it's not. So it's it is very sudden, and I, I do kind of like how Ericus is like, okay, old friend, let's just let's go. This is yeah. It would have been but, cool um, to see them fight or something. Actually, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I buy that moment of forgiveness either. If you really consider just the depth of how horrible everything he's done for literally nine games you were gonna commit genocide i I don't i don't think he deserves like a let's walk away old friend you know you made a couple mistakes that you know were horrific (laughs) but it's cool man i I don't buy that at all sorry you you possessed one of my you possessed one of my students and started this whole ages long second keyblade war there is literal blood on your hands and oh no no it's cool we good Yeah. yeah But it's okay because yeah, you know Kyrie's still dead, and then Sora uses the power <laughs> of awakening to follow. Well, yeah, this is the thing. So the game pretty much ends with a Sora saying he'll go off to save Kyrie, and um, everyone's like, "No, you can't abuse the power of waking." And then everyone's like, "No," like Riku tells Mickey to, you know, chill and let him go. Um, and then you don't see where Kyrie comes back, and then after watching where all the Disney characters go, uh, Sora disappears just like that. Um. Obviously, yeah. like it's oh. been hinted at because um, is it? It's either young, it's young Zayn or isn't it? Suggests when yeah. he's like dying, he says you're gonna disappear from, and then he cuts off. So, and he did say that like the more you use the power of waking, waking you um, like the more you're gonna like suffer and the consequences of it basically. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can see it coming, but like to give Kyrie like no, like oh my god, where did you go? Where were you taken? Who kidnapped you? What happened? Things like that. Why are you not dead? I I, I don't know. I don't know why. I like that. I do like that ending scene on the beach where everyone's kind of yeah. hanging out. Like, yeah, that's yeah. cute. And I like. I think I like it as a mysterious note to end on. Honestly, I know this is never going to happen, but give Kyrie her own game. Yeah, or give her a level at least. If you're going to give her anything, give her at least a level. And I feel like I feel like look for Sora should be the objective of the next Kingdom Hearts game, and we can play as somebody else. Yeah. Like play as the other characters. Play as Kyrie. Play as Riku. Play as Aqua. That could be yeah. cool. That's a good setup, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. But obviously, um, we've got some secret endings to dig through. Um. The frickin's I, I missed this point. The frickin' the Xehanort thing reminds me of Bleach. Um. That you know the Tycubo <laughs> market that was really big for a while. Mm-hmm. Um. A big problem that Bleach had, up until it finally got canceled, 
was every single villain, no matter what, um, got some kind of sad emotion, sad emotional redemption send off thing. The exact same way Kingdom Hearts did. Like it was, it was unreal. I Eisen, the villain at this at, at the very last chapter, the last line, some of the, one of the last lines of dialogue is Eisen telling Ichigo, like you done good, you done good kid, or something like that. <laughs> and it's like Eisen doesn't deserve this. Master Zayanort doesn't deserve this. No, like, yeah, that that's just my complaint. For it's, I feel like it's a shonen problem in general because <laughs> these characters are popular with fans, mm-hmm. so we want to give them these emotional send-offs but at the same time they're horrible people (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah secret ending number one let's go for it so we have not talked about zigbot a lot um we might have to speed through this because we are touching two hours now. Um, oh, yeah, but, let's, uh, wrap, let's wrap this up as fast as we can. Yeah. Zigbar was with you the whole time. What the hell? I love what? it. But like, <laughs> what the hell? What's in the box? Yeah. What's in the box? <laughs> you don't find out what's in the box. Yeah, no. It was really cool though. Um, like I liked seeing the masters. Uh, the what do they call them? I'll just call them the masters now. Um, the lock masters, the foretellers. Yeah, uh, that'll do. Um but yeah it was cool seeing them come back and it's basically this is setting up the next saga easily yeah. like you're either gonna have to fight the foretellers or you're gonna be the foretellers or something i don't know but this mm-hmm. is really setting up everything that's gonna come up afterwards and it's a really neat idea but i do find it amusing that zigbar has basically been an observer for a thousand years or however long he has been an observer for and that was his job and you know he did you know he's died and retaken so many different forms just like xehanort you know like Zigbar kind of is, ironic, yeah. yeah Zigbar Much more is, successful at it, apparently. Yeah, Zigbar is the MVP of Kingdom Hearts entirely. Like, what the hell? But yeah, it Zan almost takes his line, his line from Dream Drop Distance, where he's like, "I'm already half Zan or into a different context." Really does, no. doesn't it? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to infer without anything because it is just basically these characters um, coming back. Obviously, one of the foretellers is missing. She was given a different role by Lushu um, between Union Cross and whatever else. So yeah, she... Ava. He's like the good one theoretically. Yeah. And we also have we also have Saix and Axel talking about a girl that they that went missing who was being experimented on by Ansem, who is heavily implied to be Ava. Right. Um, yeah. So again, all stuff that will hopefully uh, be tied up in future games. Yeah. Um, Nomura. <laughs> speaking Nomura, of Nomura, let's, let's speak of Nomura's shared universe and go to the second sneaker ending. Which, oh my word, I think. Hey, so you remember that fake video game from Toy Box? Right. Oh like Yazora shows up in the secret ending. Yeah. So I don't know whether you've read any theories either of you, but what are your thoughts on secret ending number two? I mean, was it, is it supposed to be the world from The World Ends With You? Like, because I know, like, one of the buildings, numbers has changed to, like, the number they used in Shibuya, Shibuya and uh, The World Ends With You. I, I mean, I, um, I, I wasn't sure. I think that's what they're supposed to remind you of, and that's what was hinted at in Dream Drop Distance, because Niku was like, yeah. oh, be in Shibuya sometime. But Namira said in the Ultimania, no, that's not the same world as The World Ends With You. This is something else. Uh... It's like a fun reference. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but then the other half. The is answer obviously... is I have no idea. All I knew is that Namira's kind of bullshit, and I'm going to yeah. be here for it the whole time. Yeah, I'm here for it. All I'm yes. here for it. Like I want to play Verum Rex. Like holy yes, hell, hundred percent. Because so Sora's basically ended up in Shibuya, and um, yeah, Riku is in Verum Rex with a. Uh... 
Yozora. So that's yeah. going to be really interesting to see where it goes. And yeah, so I think Secret Ending 1 probably sets up the next game. I think this maybe... I don't know. One of, once, one of the endings sets up maybe the DLC and the other one sets up the next game or the next saga. We don't really know yet. But I think holy hell for people who like wanted closure yeah you've got closure to the xehanort saga but this is just like a second can of worms and it's like well you want more stuff here you go you gotta go and find it now and yeah i'm, I'm here for it really I, i'm a sucker for this stuff i'm not gonna lie like it's one of those things kingdom hearts is one of those series that is uniquely frustrating and like any long form shonen anime or manga series is a lot to ask people to catch up on but if you've been with it from the beginning, I'm just like, I'm still along for the ride. So <laughs> bring it on, Namira. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride and it's still wild. I just need to see where we're going next because I feel like we've still got so much to get through. Uh, the DLC will answer some questions. I secretly hope we get an extra Disney World, Radiant Garden, and some closure to one of the secret endings or at least more hints. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it and I will, I'll be one of the first in line, I think. I would like some more secret bosses because this yeah. is one thing. Yeah. There are two optional bosses in in the game, one gummy ship, one not gummy ship, and they're well the gummy ship one's pretty tough, but uh the uh the the, the main super boss in this game is if you, if you're at a high enough level or like even like if you just abuse Sora's rage form, it's not very hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's not bad. It's just it's it's not uh, it's it is no lingering will or Sephiroth for sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean even like a, a like another dungeon that like sort of forces you to put more things together like they had in in King Hearts too. I mean I just want I just want more challenge. I mean that was the thing yeah. that for me that was my biggest bugaboo with the game and just just make it hard. Um, yeah. I mean outside of critical mode obviously, but um, just give me some challenging and epic boss fights. That's what I want. Which critical mode will be coming in? They're they're gonna, they say they're going to be releasing some free updates, probably tweaking the balance a bit. And I do hope for DLC, again, Namira mentioned he wants to expand on the climax a little bit. Please give us more Scala. That's all yes, I want. Please. Like, yeah. We have enough Keyblade Graveyard. I need more Scala. Well, and that about does it for uh, our spoiler cast on Kingdom Hearts 3. Thank you for bearing with us all this time, guys. Uh, it's been a long and wild ride, but the game's here. It's out. We all played it onwards and upwards to the future. Um, next week... We're going to be, Retro Encounter is going to be take, continuing our journey through Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals. Uh, it'll be our second episode on that, so we get to hear everyone's thoughts on that um, um, SNES classic. Um, in April, we're going to be doing some episodes on Yeez, the Othin Felgana. Yeah, it's a very popular entry in the Yeez series. I know a lot of people on staff really love it, so uh, I'm going to be really excited to hear what their thoughts on that. I know um, the people who are signed up for that are very excited. Uh, coming coming up, we're getting a discussion on RPG classes and jobs too. So that's going to be a fun one. Um, I was I think I was on that one actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's you know sometimes I get these episodes mixed up, but uh, yeah, so that'll be that'll be fun. So look forward to talking about that one. If you want to get a hold of the podcast, we love to hear your feedback. You can always email us retro at rpgfan.com. Um, you can find RPG Fan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord. We have an old forum, but it's dead, so maybe don't go there. But whatever, you can find us just about anywhere. <laughs> um, and be sure to listen to our sister podcasts, uh, Random Encounter, obviously, hosted right now by the indelible Greg Delmage, and um, Rhythm Encounter, its day may come one day. Review us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcast listening venue you have, because 
we love feedback, you know, subscribe, um, get more episodes as they come out. And, and we love you for listening and we appreciate you guys, uh, tuning in and listening to us ramble about video games. Um, for social media, Alana, where can we find you? Uh, well, the best place to find me is probably Twitter. I am at Alana Hagues on there. Uh, if you're on part of the RPG Fan Discord, uh, if you're paying at Diving Falcons, that's me. Uh, if you also want to email me as part of any other RPG Fan stuff, it is H at RPGFan.com. But any of those is good and always love to hear from you. And Zach, what about you? Where can we find you? Uh, so I'm Zach W on Discord and also Zach W at RPGFan.com. And as for me, you can find me at I Have Fury on Twitter. You can also email me, PeterT at RPGFan.com. And that about does it for our spoiler cast on Kingdom Hearts 3, guys. Uh, for myself, for Alana, uh, for Zach, good night, good luck, and may your heart be your guiding key. Mm-hmm.